Hello, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and I'm with Aisha Mills, host of Amplified on Black News Channel, and we are Talking TV. Talking TV is made possible by Making the Media, a podcast from Avid exploring the forces that shape the media, news, and entertainment business. The latest episode tackles the subjects of diversity and inclusion within the TV industry. Host Craig Wilson talks with Deborah Williams, Executive Director of the Creative Diversity Network in the UK. Making the Media is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, and other podcast platforms. Welcome, Aisha. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. I'm very happy to have you. And I should note that you are the host of Amplified with Aisha Mills. It's a new primetime show on Black News Channel that debuted last month. It airs weeknights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, for those who don't know you, you have been a, a contributing political analyst to CNN. You're currently a fellow at Harvard Kennedy School's Institute of Politics. And Formally. you were the first, uh, formerly, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, and you were the first black woman to helm the LGBTQ Victory Fund, mm -hmm. which is a national organization that has helped hundreds of LGBTQ leaders to political office. And now this new show. So what do you aim to do with it? Well, I, um, I'll, I'll back up and say, you know, thank, thank you for having me and, and for sharing a bit of my resume. I mean, the interesting thing about how I approach um, my show and I is that I am a political operative at its heart. That's what I do for the last 20 years. I have helped to elect people all across this country at every level, largely to Congress. Um, but I used to run the Congressional Black Caucuses Political Action Committee back in the day. Um, and as you just mentioned, I was the first Black a woman, Black person, frankly, person of color, to lead the LGBTQ movement's political arm. So I have been working to diversify our politics and, and our leadership in this country. And now I get to play the politico that I am on TV. So I bring uh, so much breadth and depth of experience and really the, the practical and the personal side of politics to my commentary and to all of the issues that we're amplifying uh, on my show. So really what, what Amplified is all about is amplifying the power of black and brown uh, communities in the politics and, and how they impact our lives. And I'm talking specifically about black and brown people because our entire show is really a showcasing of the issues that are important to the new American majority. And we're the new American majority are the people of color who are ultimately demographically gonna be the majority in this country. So we're in the, in the crux of this demographic shift right now in America. And our show is amplifying all of the growing pains the fits and the starts, the politics, the power grabs, uh, the, the discrimination and all the things that are festering up and the conflict around the shifting demographics in this country. And, and the tone and the energy of Amplified is really um, one that isn't just about diagnosing problems and being like, you know, down in the dumps and, 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 and frustrated and angry, but we're also talking about the solution. So I like to amplify great things that people are doing on the ground to literally change their, their communities and to shift the politics and the policies that affect our lives. So who's your target audience? Are you aiming for a wider audience than the LGBTQ community? 
Well, this is not an LGBTQ show. I mean, mm -hmm. I happen to be a lesbian, but Black News Channel, BNC, so entire market is focused on lifting up the stories of black and brown communities. And so certainly um, our uh, viewership is mixed. What I have always found doing this work through a racial justice lens as I have for so many years is that as, as much as I get to amplify the perspectives um, and, and the opinions and ideas of black people in my community and certainly queer people, Latinx folks, et cetera, um, it is also really instructive for white people to be engaged with our content as a way to understand what's happening in our communities from a very diverse lens. So much of what we see in mainstream um, media uh, I think bifurcates communities uh, where, or I should say, um, makes us feel monolithic actually when, when we think about diversity and assumes that being black looks like a thing or being queer looks like a thing or being Latino is specific, right? And the, the, the consequence of that is that there's um, often a limit in the, the, the range and the depth of the way that you can have conversations on current affairs as they relate to individual communities because uh, in mainstream media, sometimes they're really wedged. What I get to do at Amplified as a black woman who happens to be a lesbian and is, at, and, and is at a network that is very much focused on amplifying all of our stories is I get to tell the, 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 the colorful, interesting, nuanced um, depth of who we are as a people, what matters to us and where we're going. Would you describe the show's format a little bit? How does each episode play out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are an hour from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time live. So this is live news. This is live television. But I often tell folks that while I'm at the Black News Channel, I am doing a current affairs show that is uh, responsive to what is happening around us. But I'm not telling news of the day in a formulaic traditional way. So what our show does is it it, it has, uh, you know, we, we kind of block out, generally speaking, we hit four or five topics. Sometimes we'll just have a show focused on one or two when we really want to go in depth. Uh, but the formula for that is very guest heavy. So I like to bring in people to Amplify that are doing the work, that have historical context, that can help us understand an insider's perspective, and then also help us understand the outsider's perspective and the ground game to try to drive change in this country. So what this looks like is that I generally try to ask three questions that we answer uh, for every topic. One, what's the context and how did we get here? So much is happening around us in current affairs. I mean, right at this moment, as we speak, the Senate is you know, planning to vote on a voting rights law that's not gonna go anywhere. But how did we get here? So I like to uh, remind us as we discuss current affairs that these affairs aren't actually current, that there's context and history and lots of decisions that have been made for better or for worse that have brought us to this moment where we happen to be experiencing what we're experiencing today. Secondly, the, the next question that I ask is, why does it matter to us as Black people, yeah. as people of color generally? Why does this impact our day-to-day -day lives and why should we care? And then thirdly, I ask, well, what can we do about it? What is our agency as the new American majority, this rising American electorate of people who demographically are going to be uh, the majority and certainly should flex our political power relative to our numbers? What can we do? Where's our agency? How do we act? So that's what you're going to get out of it. And 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 the, the you know the the high point of it is that Amplify, so much of of, of what we see, um, is a, on cable news. Frankly, becomes you know divisive, and there's a bit of an anger, and your shoulders are kind of like pushed up. What I am to do is to have these conversations in a context of like momentum and hope 
and a spirit of like engagement that we all can be holistically well-rounded and interesting people that care about what's happening. Maybe we're frustrated about what's happening, but we also like want to have happy hour and hang out with our friends and be informed and have conversations about what's going on around us. So there is a, um, I would say the energy we tend to try, I tend to try to bring an energy that has a spirit that is a, a little bit more um, engaging and fun, even as what we discuss is heavy. Well, let's let's talk about the primetime cable news landscape. Um, it has become a refuge for Americans of all kinds of political ideologies. And one can make the argument, I will make the argument, that it's one of the key fronts, social media being the other, on which major irreparable fissures are opening up in American democracy right now. So you're now part of that landscape. What, what's your take on that? And, and your yeah, role? so I did, um, I, was a, I was a commentator at CNN. I have spent most of my television career on MSNBC. And I can tell you, and this is, you know, back in the early part of the Obama years is when I guess when I got started on television. And I can tell you that for sure, um, so much of what my distaste had had become and just boredom, if you will, with being a, a, a doing commentary and just being on on the other networks is that there is money to be made from the salaciousness and the divisiveness, no matter what the consequences to our actual democracy and our actual communities. And throughout the Trump era, era I was very frustrated with the way that um, big networks made a ton of cash off of promoting lies, deceit, um, bigotry, hate, propaganda, in a way that we all know now was destructive. It was destructive then, but it was cute and it was funny and it was laughable because it was entertaining. And I think there was a, that the media very much was a culprit in the rise of the hostility and nastiness of Donald Trump and his people um, and, and really gave far too much um, cover and conversation to the horrificness and the nasty underbelly of white nationalism and all the things that, that define that because it was, it was fun TV. I left and went to the Black News Channel because I don't have the appetite for that anymore. I don't think that you know it is um, entertaining or energizing to kind of um, make our profit off of the nasty underbelly of the worst of America and to elevate, frankly, the the the, the what is a very marginal um, and I believe narrow part of our society to have amplified that by giving it so much fodder on cable news made it seem like it was a far bigger faction than it was. And then what it did is it emboldened this nasty evil part of society and help them get followers and help to grow that element. And so I, I don't wanna participate in that anymore. And what is exciting to me about being at BNC is that I have an opportunity to amplify the conversations that frankly move the conversation forward rather than keep us in this, you know, uh, I would say voyeuristic um, kind of race to the, the bottom mentality. And, and that is a dance that I think that, that news has to do because you've got to cover some things, right? Like, and then, and then you have to figure out like, what is the balance of really just kind of gawking at craziness because you know people will tune in. It's like a train wreck versus having some personal, some some real responsibility to like truth telling 
um, and, and for those who are seeking answers, having like real fact-based answers rather than just a whole lot of like fodder. But as somebody who had been a veteran of those panels, as you said, on MSNBC and, and CNN, and where, where sort of combativeness is rewarded, personal branding is rewarded. There's a real, there's an amplification of, of kind of a, almost a caricature itself perhaps for, for yeah. panelists on all sides of, of the, and it's always a kind of political spectrum that you see and they kind of get one piece of red meat, chew it and fight over it for a bit and then go to commercial and go to next panel or new topic to tee up. Um, did you take away, when you look back on your own experiences on those panels and in those conversations, do you have regrets that are now informing the way the tone that you bring to your own show? Not at all, um, honestly. And if you go back and kind of look at all my reels um, and see how I engaged in some of the most uh, volatile of dynamics, I mean, I, I think about um, Eric Bowling. I was on a Canadian, or actually it was a British uh, uh, show with Eric Bowling, former Fox News host, who is a very rabid uh, conservative and had a whole exchange with him that, that, you know, I called out the tomfoolery and the lies and the racism and all the things and watched him completely do all the things you're talking about that are brand building, the, 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 the self-righteous kind of like, you know, indignation and, and standing your ground around things that are really idiotic, which, you know, any five-year-old would know that it's wrong. Um, and then doing all of the, you know, the, the, the hand-waving and the jumping up and running away because like all of the theater of it, as I sat and made a point and had a conversation very clearly. And so one of the things I am actually most proud of, and that being an example, is that um, in the thick of all the crazy. And you'll see that I don't have the brands, Twitter followers, whatever, Facebook likes, that a lot of the really um, radical you know, people do. And I feel good about that. And I feel good about it because as I started off this podcast with you saying that I am actually a professional, a political professional um, and an analyst. I spent five years at one of the most profound think tanks in this country. I was a senior fellow at Center for American Progress for five years, doing real policy work around intersectional policy analysis around race and gender uh, and orientation and just thinking about how federal policy could do better from a civil rights perspective and an access perspective for marginalized peoples and driving those policy changes through the Obama administration. So I come to this from a, from a real perspective of doing and being in the trenches and really trying to move thought leadership to have change. I don't come to this in a way that my um, engagement is about the theater. Okay. And so, so much of what I've learned is that that's not at all the, the, the way that I want to show up, which is what's so exciting about Amplified is that we don't, we don't, we don't do that on our show. Let's be fair, though, that the left does adopt, left-leaning hosts adopt the same kind of histrionic performative elements that, that the right does, too. So you, one sees that across the spectrum in the, perhaps it's, it's sometimes- Totally, totally will agree with you that all of it is theater and all of it is about ratings. Will disagree with you about the performance and the rhetoric and all of those things, right? So the left is not promoting lies and like- calling people names and saying like nasty things in the same way. But yes, it's all a divulging, in my opinion, of actual conversation. And neither side does it perfectly. 
Um, but certainly in America, there is one side that is in a, in a place of doing harm and another side that's in a place of just doing ridiculousness, right? And all of it for me, you asked, you know, kind of what my, my lesson was, is that I am very grateful for this platform and this opportunity that I have now where we don't have to, to, to act out what those industry standards are. We can actually come with far more of an of a intellectual, passionate um, vigor uh, to our conversations than I have been in those dynamics that, that didn't afford the opportunity for well, just to tell you, I had a Fox News anchor on a week or two ago, uh, and and put and kind of confronted him with the the absolute lies that the opinion hosts have give, given countenance to around the vaccine and the January sixth insurrection, and and so certainly I'm I'm calling Fox to the to the table, you know, to account um, as well as anybody else would, you know, in this landscape. So, if how do you now reach the broadest possible audience? If you want to, you're on Black News Channel, and um, I haven't checked in with its ratings of late, but it's a new channel still. It's just over a year or so old, maybe two years almost. Um, so it's still trying to find its audience, and as, as is your show, which is just over a month old or thereabouts. So um, how are you going to try to, to, to bring in the most diverse possible audience to, so you're not just preaching to acquire politically, but rather finding a broader cross-section of American viewers? Yeah, Michael, thank you for that question, because I've actually thought about this quite a bit. And the reality is, is that I am not all things for all people. I am not a news anchor or a newscaster that is um, with, without opinion, that is trying to reach all of the masses and to convince people of anything or to try to like inform everyone of everything. And I think where I am at this point, 20 something years into my career, is that, again, not theater, not performative, not necessarily just trying to be on TV, because look at me, look at me, and I just want everybody to see me and hear me, um, is that I know that what we're doing is we are amplifying real conversations about social justice, about civil rights, about politics, politics and policies impacting Black and Brown people, and that maybe that is not for all of the mass consumers to just want to hear this information. I hope that a lot of people will tune in, but it is not at all. And I and I will share this from my political point of view as well as how in terms of how I function and operate around campaigns. I am not um, under any illusion that who I am fundamentally and what I am talking about and my progressive uh, opinion should be for everybody. And it is not my mission or my job to try to like saturate the masses and kind of bring everyone into the fold. There are people who are good at that. That's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to do is to offer up a perspective about who we could be. Um, maybe sometimes it may feel a little Pollyanna-ish because I do think that we have more in common than we don't and that there's a better angel um, out there, you know, that we should be all gravitating for. For me, the language I use around that is about inclusion, is about justice, is about equity. Um, I want to talk about inclusion, justice, and equity, and I will and, and invite everyone to the table to have those conversations by having a roster of guest perspectives from different parts of our society who also do beat the drum about inclusion, equity, you know, et cetera, um, and, and justice. So for me, it is not a value proposition of, I'm trying to be all things to all people because I'm not. And I would say that also about the politics of the thing. You know, one of the things that frustrates me to death are um, moderates who move no one. 
who, you know, my, my grandmother, uh, who is from South Carolina, who raised me, she would say that if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. And I take that to heart in the way that I show up and how I present my work and, and my politics and that I don't think that there's kind of a, a, a come one, come all sense of like, we're going to be so blanketed neutral and casting such a wide net that there's a whole lot of meaning to that at the end of the day. And so I, I have to say that I, one of the liberations of, of, of my new role, my new job and my new show that I'm, that I'm appreciative of is that I don't have to think in those terms of, I need to be, what's the broadest net we can cast to get another? It's like, look, we're going to have a point of view and invite people to see positive, hopeful ideas around inclusion and justice. That is a contribution to our national discourse. It is a contribution. Frankly, you know, we want to drown out some of the, the contributions that aren't so great. Um, but everyone's not going to agree with it or buy it. And that's fine. But again, we are the new American majority and we are our perspective um, is really, I believe, the, the majority of this country's sentiment. And so we keep drum beating and providing smart, thoughtful conversations and information and historical analysis. Um, then we'll be doing a service. I think about the media work really as, as an extension of my own public service of broadening that national discourse and making sure that there's content out there that, uh, that people can appreciate and learn through. Okay, well, Aisha Mills, a new show is Amplify on Black News Channel, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern weekdays. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate sure. being on your show. Cheers. A new episode of Talking TV is available most Fridays on tvnewscheck.com. You can also listen and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Talking TV is edited by Alyssa Wesley. The music is by Andrew Melinda. And it's produced and hosted by me, Michael Depp. Talking TV is a production of TV News Check. Thank you.